Of it's not you, it's me. No, fucking hell, I get it wrong so often, and that is so shit because it's my own podcast. It's not you, it's them, but it might be you. I'll get there one day. Anyway, hello and welcome. It's Agony Aunt Day. Three more topics to tackle, and obviously, hopefully, one will be on my Instagram. We can all convene there for a meeting to give our opinions about how to help this person in the best way. So let's get going. First question says, Hi Lala, I need advice. I don't know if I'm being over the top or my worries are justified, but I matched with a guy on Bumble just over a week ago. We had one date, which was two drinks in a pub, an hour max, and he's since been really overly keen and it's making me feel uncomfortable. He started sending me dates and he's told me that I have to keep those dates free for him, even if I already have plans or if I have my son. He's made my photo his phone wallpaper, told his mum about me, told me he's already bought me two Christmas presents and has suggested that he meet my son, who's age 10, so that we can do all the things together. My son has never met anyone I've dated, not least after a week of knowing someone. I've told him on three separate occasions that it's too much too soon. And he just continues to do things like buying me Christmas presents. I have a date with him tomorrow, two hours from home, and he's driving. I'm actually worried about going that far away, given his behaviour. Should I tell him I'm not interested anymore? Is this love bombing? Yes, this is absolutely love bombing. You matched him just over a week ago and you've only had one date and he's already begun being extremely over the top and creepy. Everything about this man's behaviour is too much. It's actually making my skin crawl a bit. Why is your photo his wallpaper? Why has he told his mum about you? Why is he buying you Christmas presents? It all has to stop. And I don't think that you should go on a date with him two hours away from home with him driving. I think you need to trust your instincts because your gut, your intuition is definitely telling you that this is not normal. It could be sinister. It could be love bombing with a view to control and domestic abuse. Or he might be neurodiverse. He might have learning needs that make him feel very into people, very keen, move things really fast. And the latter is, of course, less sinister, but it's still not nice to be at the end of an obsession, regardless of whether that's caused by autism or whether that's caused by psychopathy or whatever. I think you need to be prepared for the fact that he may not take the message well. But I think you need to deliver the message immediately. And I think you need to tell him very clearly that you feel that there's no romantic feelings. You're not interested in developing a connection any further. And you're just going to leave it here. No date. No more dates. No more talking. I wouldn't actually block him. He might well take the message and go and leave you alone. But there's a possibility that he could be a bit of a harassy, stalking type. He is coming with red flags for that kind of behaviour. And actually, interestingly, someone from um, Kent Police Force messaged me the other day who'd been on some really good training. And they gave some really good advice about stalking, 
which is that in stalking cases, it's a good idea to not block them on everything. Leave one media channel open for them. So if you've blocked them on WhatsApp, your phone, Instagram, etc., then leaving them available to be able to get through to you on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever is quite a good idea because that can apparently at least appease that feeling for them of needing to be able to send a message to you. At least they're trying to get through to you and feeling that in some way they're able rather than if they're blocked completely, they could escalate that behavior because they're being blocked from feeling like they're able to communicate with you in some way. You can contact the police if he does react badly. You could also contact the Susie Lampler Trust, the National Stalking Helpline on 0808 802 0300 if it does come to that. But I'd be very clear with him at this stage that you're no longer interested, no ambiguity, not like, oh, there might be a chance in the future, but I'm really busy at the moment. None of that. Just be very, very clear with him that this is it, it's done, and you don't want to communicate any further. Don't let him try to convince you that you're wrong or that he's going to kill himself or something like that. Because that can be the kind of reaction that we get sometimes from these type of people that you, you're wrong, you're making a bad decision, oh, I can't survive without you. Do not get manipulated into any of that. Disengage from the conversation and get a ring doorbell. I've said this before on my podcast. I don't want to be advertising Amazon. I know that on Black Friday, though, they are going to be going pretty cheap. A ring doorbell can help you to just feel safer. You can see who's outside. But this guy is very, very bad vibes and you definitely have picked up on the red flags. And so you absolutely need to follow your gut and your brain because this is definitely too much too soon. And our second question is... Hi, Lala. I've been with my boyfriend for over a year and we've lived together for the last five months. Our sex life has been very up and down and I'm not having sex as often or as consistently as I would like. For example, we could have a week where we have sex four times that week, but then not have sex for two weeks. I've noticed that his libido often mimics his mood when his libido is low. He also sleeps less, smokes more and doesn't seem himself. He's also waiting for a diagnosis for ADHD. Despite him telling me how much he loves me and fancies me and it's nothing to do with me, I can't help but take it personally and worry that there's something he isn't telling me. When we first met, we were having sex every day. He would send me sexy messages and it felt like we couldn't take our hands off each other. I have a very high sex drive and he said he did too. He's mid to late 30s and he's never lived with a girlfriend before. So it could be that he didn't actually have a good grasp on his sex drive before. Should I be concerned? Thanks, Lala. It is so, so normal for frequency and consistency of sex to change when you start living together. I'm actually not an expert by any stretch of the imagination in this area of relationships, but I've read enough books and gone on enough courses to be able to tell you a little bit about this. And the fact is that the whole can't keep your hands off each other at the start, at it like rabbits thing does wane for a lot of couples when they start living together. In fact, it's quite unusual for that initial honeymoon stage level of shagging to continue for any great length of time once you start building a proper settled life together. So make sure that you don't take that part personally. The fact that he can keep his hands off you now doesn't mean that there's any less attraction or that he desires you any less or that he lied about his sex drive. It's normal for it to wane. But it's also important that your sex needs are being met. 
Things can wane due to just general life getting in the way, but also libidos can and do lower due to age. Hormonal changes have a huge impact in both men and women. Lowering or fluctuating libidos are common, especially for men in their late 30s and beyond, and especially for men who smoke, and most definitely for men who have undiagnosed ADHD or really any type of mental health issue that's plaguing them or stressing them somewhat. Sex is, of course, physical, physiological, so smoking cigarettes or weed can really affect the libido. Illness or pain has a huge impact on libido. And erectile dysfunction also affects a lot of men in their late 30s and older, as can a drop in testosterone, which happens to men as they approach their late 30s as well. So he could see his GP about that. They could test his testosterone levels and see whether he needs testosterone replacements that could help his libido. It would probably also improve if he goes to the gym, works out, starts feeling better about himself. And you can encourage him to do that. You could train together, do more physical activities together. But sex is just as much psychological as it is physical. And as I say, if he's feeling low, that could be the root of this. And I am feeling low is definitely associated with ADHD. Feeling like a failure, feeling stressed about all this shit you have to do. Anxiety, just generalised anxiety because bloody executive dysfunction has taken over. All the shit that ADHD causes can have such a fucking impact on your sex life and on your sex drive. I actually go the other way. I'm a dopamine monster, so I want to have sex all the time. My libido is rarely affected. And if I was in a relationship with somebody whose libido went lower, I would feel the same as you. Like, ah, what's going on? What can I do? What am I doing wrong? But putting pressure on him will not help. Making him feel like he's not satisfying you or that this is something that's becoming a real problem in the relationship is not going to make him feel more sexually excited or willing to or wanting to do it more. So try to approach this with no pressure. No blame for making you feel unwanted. No desperation for this to be resolved immediately or ultimatums or a feeling that if he doesn't start performing soon, things are going to go wrong. Be chill about it, as chill as you can be. Read Mind the Gap by Dr. Karen Gurney. She talks about that importance of creating this electrical desire bubbling through under your relationship all the time. You shouldn't just have to switch on for sex to go from no desire to just suddenly like, right, we're horny. There should be this constant electricity between the two of you that you can cultivate by doing little things each day. Read the book. There's lots of tips in there. You could also see a sex therapist. They could really help you both to communicate about your sexual needs and desires. You could also try a sex education platform together, an adult one. That could really help you get into the mood. You could have date nights together watching. On these adult sex education platforms, it's often like guided porn, basically, that you can try along together. That could really help you to get into the mood. But the last thing you need to do is take it personally because that will create a weird dynamic and cycle where actually then your libido might start suffering. If you're feeling like, fuck, I'm not attractive anymore, what's going on? It's all very complex. But you don't need to go down that route because you really need to reassure yourself that it's got nothing to do with you and everything to do with him. And actually thinking about what's going on for him and how he's feeling and how that's affecting his sex life is a really good thing for you to do as his partner. But do that as like a support thing. Support him to get his shit together because you want to support him, not because you want to fuck more. And when he's got his shit together, he may feel a lot more like having sex. And if it doesn't change, 
then maybe a mismatched sex drive is enough for you to feel that you need a different partner. But if you're worried that the thing he's not telling you is that there's another woman and that's why he's gone off you, I think it would be really important to look at things as a whole. Have there been other changes in behaviour, other pink flags? Is he pulling away, disappearing, can't get hold of him, suspicious behaviour? Have a look at those things, put it in context. But I would really suggest couples therapy with a sex therapist. You can look on the BCAP website, I'll put that in the show notes, to find an appropriate therapist. But I think that that would definitely help you to communicate and improve this. Hi guys, it's me and I'm here to tell you about another Sony Music Entertainment podcast. Now I know you all like to have a deeper look and get under the skin of a subject, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to me deconstructing hot topics and getting into the nitty gritty with all your dating dilemmas. So I think you're going to love getting curious with the fabulous Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye. Every week they deep dive into conversations with a variety of experts on some really, really important and eye or ear opening topics like the history of abortion and the science of sleep. Get excited, get curious and listen to Getting Curious wherever you get your podcasts. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girly? <laughs> some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, not, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. And the last question is... Hi, Lala. I love your advice and could really do with some now. I've been dating this guy for about three and a half months. It's going really well. We've made each other's friends and we're having a great time together, going on dates, hanging out in group settings too. He asked me to meet his parents next month as well. Last week, he texted me asking for a talk. We met up and he said he's really enjoying seeing me and wants to continue things but he's not ready for a girlfriend. He had a bad breakup about a year ago and isn't really ready to open up to someone yet. I'm really hoping he changes his mind, so I'm torn about whether to keep seeing him and hope things change because he's a nice guy and we have a great time together, or do I just cut ties and move on? Ugh, I hate this. I bet that for those three and a half months, he was leading the future talk, leading the let's meet up with my parents, let's meet my friends talk enjoying building a future dream together chat. I cannot tell you how common it is for men to completely flip the script after they introduce you to their parents or after they introduce the idea of introducing you to their parents. And to be clear, women do it too. This is definitely something that women, heterosexual, queer, bisexual or otherwise, definitely do. But of course, my experience is mainly with men. And I do believe this is more common with men because it's a result of avoidant attachment. And I think more men have avoidant attachment than women because we tend to parent boys in a way that is more likely to create avoidant attachments. Avoidant people reciprocate wholeheartedly at the beginning and then they suddenly get scared and feel suffocated as though they've been railroaded at speed against their will. Have you seen him since that text? Because I wouldn't be surprised if things fizzle from here. 
And if they don't, they're either going to be sex-based only, and if they're more than sex-based but still with no label, then he's basically saying, I like you, but I'm keeping my options open and I'm not planning on developing feelings. I think that in a lot of cases, the whole, I've been hurt and I'm taking it super slow to protect myself, when said after three months of dating, is usually reserved for people who aren't really sure about someone. When you truly feel it, you know, right? I mean, correct me in comments if I'm wrong. I know they're slow burners. But three months down the line, when you've already reached the whole, I'm going to introduce you to my parents stage, come on. By that point, you know. And so I do think the whole thing of like, let's keep seeing each other, but let's not have any serious label attached to it, is coming from a place that they know. They know they're not on it. They know it's not going to go any further. I truly do believe that. But anyway, we'll have a discussion about that in comments. But at this stage, I would say, I wouldn't cut him off completely if you like his company and you enjoy hanging out. But I'd also date other people. I'd keep my options open. Don't put your life, emotions, heart, desires on hold for him if he's not giving you his time, energy and building a connection with you. If he's doing all that, then fine. But stay single. Do not become a wife to a single man. This is how never-ending situationships begin. When we stay there hopeful with these people who are like, yeah, yeah, I like you, but I don't want to commit to you. I don't want to give you a label. All of that shit. If we stay there like, okay, I I really like you, so I'll just wait around until you're ready to make me your girlfriend. We end up in never-ending situationships that are totally unreciprocated and we usually stay there as a placeholder until they find the person they want to marry. So do not do that to yourself. Personally, I'd run, but there we go. And that's it. Another three for another week. We will have some more discussions on my Instagram page at la 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 let me explain. And if you want to send in a topic for me to answer, you can send it to at ask la 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 let me explain i don't see them all sometimes i might open them and see them if i've ignored them don't get offended i get a lot in there and we can't use them all and i can't respond to them all if i'm going to use yours i will send you a message and i will let you know i will see you here again on friday for some more icks and more fun stuff and i hope to hear no i'm not gonna hear you you're gonna hear me i hope you hear me again soon la 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 let me explain this has been a sony music entertainment production